Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Sulk. This is a Oh, very funny intro. Still love it. Uh, it. It reminds me of the the beat of the theme has a little bit of a Sopranos thing to it. I've noticed that too. Good call. Gives, yeah. gives me that vibe. And I've been watching uh, it. Yeah. Oh, what episode are you on? Five. Okay, a little slower than I'd like, but still, I'm glad you're doing it. Are you watching it with Stu? Sort of. Okay, he's, he's seen a- the first two seasons, so he's oh. listening while he falls asleep. So, Well, please let us know. Stu just is- constantly see. noodling on the base in bed, just going, a boo, yeah, but that would be amazing. He's a professional bassist. That's all he does. He just keeps playing the night court theme over and over again. Seinfeld. Or what was that? Oh, Barney, Barney Miller. Miller. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. We've done that. Uh, that's a fun one. Yeah, uh, Night Court was boom, bam, 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 And then you got to get the horns. Anyway, uh, welcome back to a typical disgusting display, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing uh, with Goldie and the Sulk. And of course, our producer, JC. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Goldie, you can say hello, too. Nope. Nope. <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. Thought it was a private joke, and now we'll forever be out of the hellos. <laughs> I love what, it's, what it speaks to your mindset to think two people saying hello is a private joke that you're not in on. <laughs> what a world you must live in. Uh, now that... I, I, you can beg me to do it, and I'm not going to do it. I know, I know. But when he I, did do it, you said it was the creepiest one. So I thought maybe that was why he wouldn't do it again. <laughs> no, I just feel like you developed this thing, and then I developed. found out about it, and no. then you you tried to act like it wasn't some no. secret, no. and then you it's probably mo- like probably now this is the joke of no way. <laughs> It's like a layer on a layer, Uh, and uh, I want no part of it. Paranoid android. I am a paranoid android. Um, Anyway, so apparently JC and I saying hello is an inside joke. Goldie will never be a part of. Forget it. Um, But enough about that. I want to talk about just something that happened to me last night. And Goldie, I I know you're going to relate to this. You and I probably both have a natural disdain for dinner parties. Wrong. I like no. them. 
You do? It's a night this... I don't have to think about cooking. Okay. And my kids and their stupid little meal versus my <laughs> real meal. And then everyone's complaining and no one likes what they got. And because I'm scrambling to make two dinners, one gets burned. So oh. you want to invite me over to to put the onus on you and I get to judge your dinner? I'm in. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I totally misjudged that. And of course, you and I have very different dinner experiences. I do not make dinner, as you know. Tall no, does. you do nothing. She, I do nothing. I, well, I take the garbage out. Um, I want to be <laughs> very clear right. about That's that. Right. A lot job. of garbage. I'm the garbage man. But Tall makes dinner. It's always excellent. And I enjoy sitting at home so I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to talk to any other people except for my wife and child. Nice. So <laughs> last night, that's the long way of saying last night we had a neighborhood dinner party here on oh, good. Cod. super spreader event perfect <laughs> thank you thank you for your service <laughs> well you know we're, we're we got this ocean breezes here everyone's fine anyway it's not so creating we, a swirl of covid i know maybe we are i, I and I, I hate to think about it because i'm always so preachy about how everyone should be careful anyway we had this neighborhood dinner party to say goodbye to the summer you know, we had uh, renters next door who were organizing this thing. And uh, so it was a potluck, which I hate. I hate potluck dinners. It's like just then again, to your point, Goldie, that puts the worry back in our yes. camp. May in I Tall's interject? Camp. There's Now there's two things I, I yes. object to already. <laughs> yeah. If you're a renter, <laughs> no one wants you in their life. <laughs> don't be organizing neighborhood you're a renter you're okay. an outsider but they were here all summer and they were who very, cares they were very nice they were very nice people so bye it, i know normally you're 100 right about this but these people made an impression on the cove people when you wow. go to a hotel i've been here three nights i'm organizing a floor <laughs> goodbye because i'm leaving no one cares you're leaving and then in your opinion summer is over by the way it's august 27th summer is in full effect for another two three weeks so like Dog you're days. leaving doesn't mean well and now it's over for everyone we don't care about you <laughs> well leave I'm, I'm so thematically on board with you and just the not caring in general the comings and goings of anyone it could be somebody yes. who lives there permanently and they're leaving and i'm like eh, i don't care but anyway so a potluck, which is annoying, was was organized, and it's Mexican food. And as you remember oh. from last week, I, I don't like Mexican food. And I didn't like Mexican food probably in one of the best places in the world to have it, which was Los Angeles. So oh. I'm certainly not going to like homemade Mexican food on Cape Cod in mm. Massachusetts, where it's just going to be... <laughs> awful and so did you have some queso yeah. you try the queso All and the tortillas the tortillas and the empa nothings oh that's first joke, joke of the day first joke of the day and that was for goldies for not goldies. mine i don't want i don't want yes. empa nothings to get any credit there the queso um, i know i know you like that kind of joke so anyway we're walking over with tall has made this uh you know cold bean salad thing oh. and i know <laughs> <laughs> Here's your homework. Oh, 
Well, it's funny. Bean salad. Well, because she asked me this morning, she was like, "Did you like the bean salad? Did you have any?" I was like, "I didn't." She was like, "Why? Everyone had it." And I'm like, "Wait." And I said, "Wait, wait. Ask me again." And she said, "No," because I don't want to be lied to. Because I was just going to say, "Yes, I enjoyed it," and the gratitude that my mediums for the scepter and scroll have taught me about. Okay, so here's just so far. Here's what we have. Let's go eat cold bean salad with renters. <laughs> this is the value proposition. Yep. So we're, we're doing the forced march to our neighbors to, to do this. And as we're walking up, I see, and now here's a good part. Uh, well, good and bad, as you'll, as you'll realize. I see that there's a whole table set up in front for margaritas. It's got tequila, you know, the lime, the salt, the ice maker, the thing. There's a guy making it. So instantly, and I say this to Tall as we're walking up, I say, all right, I'm going to have to ruin my tomorrow to get through this. Like, I can see a way through this. Like, I'm going to ruin my tomorrow, but I'll get through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we get up there, you know, bean salads are exchanged. <laughs> I'm, I'm introduced to, you know, six people over 80 years old. And, uh, and then I'm, okay, I'm handed... That might be the right audience for a cold bean salad at 5 yeah, oh, yeah. oh, believe me, it was finished. It was finished, the cold bean salad, by the time we got, you know, bringing you know, the empty Bart dish back. does very well with beans, provided it's after 5. <laughs> yes, and that they are chilled. They cannot be warm. I cannot birth. eat a hot bean. <laughs> Not on I a summer a, night. I can eat a cold bean. <laughs> so there were cold beans in abundance. That lovely young couple in their 20s, because old people have no idea how old yeah, they thought we were. They yeah. brought a bean salad. <laughs> and look at that lovely dish. Um, so... The 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 margaritas, uh, you know, start to to flow. Yeah, and as we used to, as margaritas we, did, flow. did flow. And so, as we used to say about our friend Ted Jessup, oh, you'd hate to be a cold margarita around this guy right now. So I'm I'm downing them, and they're being generously refilled. Like somebody is walking around with a container shaker. Wow. And refilling them. So I thought I had two, but I probably actually had closer to four before dinner. And uh, so, and then they're serving uh, appetizers of quahogs dug out of the bay right in front of us. So it's ostensibly fresh, but I'm already piling things into my stomach that are that don't like you. So these are raw. They're raw. And, yeah. you know, they're so you've got the- raw fish and margaritas <laughs> and maybe one cold bean in a totally empty stomach. <laughs> that's right. So that's mm. all it is so far. And then we we go in to eat in this sort of screened in porch. Very nice fans everywhere. So we're then they bring out the uh, there were actually empanadas and another a hot bean dish <laughs> so that we're well, what know. a fuck you to tall right away just we over the top we heat our beans okay yeah. honey <laughs> there was shredded pork that's the way we do it uh so i'm uh, as much as i don't like mexican food and the kids by the way there were kids there and i it was in the email invite like There'll be hot dogs for the kids. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm safe. I'll have a hot dog. 
And of course, forgetting that it's a New England event, everyone's so frugal that the hot dogs were perfectly numbered a portion for the number of kids that were there. So (laughs) I would have literally, I would have literally had to push a six year old out of the way to have a hot dog. So I can't have a hot dog. I'm out on the I would have called the cops. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta have more. There's a bunch of old people in beans making a lot of noise down on on Stoker Road. You break it up. Stoker Road. I don't know. I don't know where, you know, Scraggy Neck, you know that. Anyway. Well, I didn't want to give away your address. That's okay. Someone heard this and was like, I gotta meet this guy and torture him. Not gonna happen. I got, even you can stop it. I gotta meet this guy. Will never happen. Um, So anyway, I'm a trooper and I have an empanada and I have you know, some of the warm bean salad, because who wants cold bean salad, am I right? <laughs> so I, I, I Staring eat at tall, eating I a know, warm bean. Mmm, <laughs> look, these beans heated up, it really brings out the flavor. So, and also they're serving sangria. Wow. So I'm having more of that. And I'm actually kind of getting in, as predicted, it's the, the alcohol is totally propelling me through the night. I'm talking to people. I'm joking with people. Like I'm trying to bring people into the conversations in ways that I don't do sober. May I all. ask what you're talking about? We actually, yes. one of the guys who was a, a young 76 um, was a huge Beatles fan. So, and he had met Paul McCartney twice. So we were talking a lot about that. We were bringing people in with their Beatles memories. And it was just, it was a nice conversation for dinner. But I'm getting a little hammered and eating an empanada. And then, of course, they come around because they have like three glass dishes of empanadas. And so they came around more with it on a spatula over my plate. So I felt rude if I was like, no. So I put another one down. I have a couple more bites. Of course, this leads to... 140 this morning Wait, you know I, I wake up and the and the tv was still on so my eyes were closed so i thought it was morning because i could <laughs> sort of see the tv light and i'm like oh i made it to morning my stomach doesn't feel great but it's morning I, it's fine then i open my eyes i realize it's the tv it's 140 in the morning so it did it ruined my day for a social so event far. i didn't want to go to that i kind of enjoyed in the moment but <laughs> is is any of that worth it shouldn't i've just stayed home and watched like Law and Order reruns or Alone Columbo. on Netflix? Well, look, I I stopped drinking. And what's yeah. great about not drinking is it's this silent judgment of everyone at a party. <laughs> and it makes everyone sort of subtly question their own drinking subliminally. <laughs> and it's a great thing to inflict on people when you're just, cons- you know, you hold one of these, you got your uh, your seltzer. They're like, you want anything? You say, no. And then you don't feel any burden. You don't have that drunk thing where you feel you could say anything exciting. Because it's like, I'm sober. I can't. But don't you just go insane and want to leave things when you're not drinking? Like, don't you Well, I do. I leave them. I know. But does that ever cause friction with Steph? Who's like, why? Don't you want to stay? Don't you want to? Like, and then it leads to a tense car ride. Like, she's okay with leaving when you do? When you want to leave? No, she'll stay. Oh, she'll stay. Yeah. And And you say Uber home? Yeah. (laughs) And then, well, first of all, we haven't been out in, what, two, when did, when did Garcetti sentence us to our beds? (laughs) Two years ago when he said, you're not allowed to be more than 10 feet from your bed. Uh, So I've not, I've, I've, I've honored that to, uh, to stop the spread of disease. 
<laughs> no, I went to a, I went to a, a friend's birthday on Sunday, and it was an outdoor thing, and I stayed. And uh, but I, you know, at the end of the day, and I know you're you're gonna think I'm doing a bit. I like people. Oh Aww. yeah, you are totally doing a bit. No, I like it. No, nah, I don't think I you like do. it. I, I think you hadn't been there. I like it. I think you hadn't <laughs> been to a party in two years, and you were like, you know, excited to be be out again. No, I look. I like cubed cheese. Well, that I know. This I I like I uh, like a diagonally sliced baguette. <laughs> yeah. I like all kinds of spiced meats that they have at parties in general. I like candy. I like candy. Yeah. Well, and then the conversation. Who's got candy at a party? What do you? What party? I like an M and M. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I like sweets. They got a cake. I don't have cake at home. Yeah. My kids aren't there in general. Yeah. I will say, you know, I don't drink. I haven't drank in maybe twenty something years, and I love watching people get drunk. I find that the inhibitions go down. You get to see them having fun. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I don't drink for, it's yeah. been so long. But. Now does Stu drink? He quit drinking 2001, December okay. 1st, 2001. Wow. Oh, yeah. it sounds like no, an ultimatum. He must have been a no, disaster. No. <laughs> November of 2001, I wouldn't want to be around Stu. <laughs> you know, Stu was so bad, he couldn't even play a very low F sharp. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent bass joke. But Alec, don't you like, like... Yeah. You know, on the Cape, you're the youngest, hottest guy. <laughs> yeah, so but don't you nothing. like going to the party and showing <laughs> off your your tight little bod compared to all the <laughs> senior <laughs> citizens? <laughs> <laughs> and feeling oh. it's the one place you can feel young. Uh, well, that is true, and and but the alcohol helps with that, and and never before or si- or again will my bod be described as tight and little. But I appreciated that. I appreciated being objectified. What do you What do you ladies have a problem with? Tight little bod. I love it. Thanks for the compliment. I don't know that you know this about me, but maybe you do. Do you know I haven't bathed since 1992? Really? Yes, I've thrown up three times in my life, and not oh since God. 1992. What? I don't know how to throw up. Well, That's I'm in the same way, but it sometimes it just has to happen. It, Do you violently I, 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 fight it? I threw up a couple months ago, and it was the first time in probably almost a decade. Oof. I okay. once got seasick and couldn't throw up. Oh. Like, I just was like, I really need to barf, and I couldn't. And then I, the boat ride ended. I walked to a, a parking lot and, like, fell over. And, uh, you do that a lot, though. You did that in the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. game. Oh, I did that. And that's a great example. We went to the Dallas Cowboys. I think I had 16 drinks the prior oh. day. And there oh. was a point where I remember being in the pool at the montage on the roof of this really nice hotel in Dallas. I was with our buddies. Uh, and at one point, our buddy Travis looked at me in, he, in the pool and he's like, I'm peeing right now. And I said, oh, yeah. And then I dove down and swam through his pee. That's how drunk oh I was. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, I just swam through it. And anyway, so the next day we go to this Cowboys game. And I can't even walk. Oh. And it's, oh again, God. as you're describing, 98 degrees full yeah. humidity. And... uh I lie down in the grass outside the stadium and these cops come by and they said, you're either going to have to 
go inside the stadium or to a hospital. I was like, I need a minute to think about this. (laughs) And I went inside and then fortunately we were in a booth. So I was able, and we were the only people in it. So I was able to lie down in the booth for the whole game. And then I was a little bit better, but like Stu, I I do not drink. So yeah, but you, you've stopped what a year, about a year ago. I stopped last Thanksgiving because uh, there was a, a bottle of wine drunk by noon and it felt like it was maybe causing a little uh, friction friction <laughs> at home yeah. at home yeah that would that would do it that or that a bottle by noon i think might do it felt yeah. like wasn't totally as in control as it used to be yeah right. well felt like maybe the emotions that you're supposed to just sit on and die with were <laughs> coming out everywhere and in all directions and very oh. angry. It's also during the pandemic, right? So yeah. yeah it just oh, yeah. dark times. I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I'd had enough. Well good. And now look at me. Got it all figured out. <laughs> the pillar of happiness. Thinking no, about maybe trying to barf soon. I don't know. <laughs> Whoa. Look at up. this guy coming out of his shell. <laughs> um well that that's hilarious. Uh and I I knew it would uh uh, instigate a good talk about drinking and apparently i'm the only yeah. uh, lush on the panel now okay. but we'll i don't drink, drink that much like when I, when i drink yeah, right i don't i i drink maybe <laughs> maybe once every other week i saw margaritas and was felt i had been saved I know so then i made true. a dash for them and then <laughs> well, just, i downed a lot of them and then i was having a good time briefly and then i was very sick i don't have a problem I don't have a problem. <laughs> Just p- picture walking into a, a thriller-style graveyard of people and then seeing margaritas. You're like, I'm going to go for the margaritas so I can hang out with these zombies. A healthier person would say, I could have one margarita. I've had one. Nope. I'm feeling a little something. I'm nope. feeling a little more relaxed. I was getting, I was getting very charming. And there was, <laughs> by the way, there was a woman there named uh, Bobby. An, an older woman named, oh. named, I know, it's such a Boston air. There's Bobby, Tish, <laughs> Dot. <laughs> dot. Awesome. It was like, per- and the Pearl. other Dot. Dot and Pearl. Um, oh, Pearl. <laughs> but so there was a Bobby there last night, and she used to work at uh, St. Elizabeth's Hospital in Boston, and she told a wonderful story about how I held an umbrella over Mother Teresa. So that was that was a great, very Boston style story. My friends saw me on the news; they fucking shit. It was like like basically that. It was like I held it over a head at a press conference. My friends had no idea. (laughs) So that was an interesting story. And then, weirdly, at the end of the night, on my way out, she was like, she said something like, "I'd like to talk to you more about your uh, comedy career." And as a joke, being sort of self-deprecating on my way out, I'm like, "I have no problem talking about myself." And she said, "Yeah, I got that impression." <laughs> fuck oh. you, fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> Go fucking hold an umbrella over Cardinal Law. Get out of my face. I got that impression. Yeah, maybe you weren't as charming as you thought. Maybe you just cornered Bobby and were screaming in a face. And then I wrote an episode where Peter... I'm from Hollywood. I'm from Hollywood. Yeah, you ever so, heard of a million ways to die in the West? No, I haven't. I was one of three people to work on the screenplay pad. I'm the original first draft until others came on board to save it. 
Um, anyway, so that was my night last night. They would have hired me on Bram and Alice. <laughs> if I had more theater experience. Um, all right, well, now we want to get into uh, a story that everyone's been talking about this week, which is this Jeopardy, as Craig Kilborn would say, debacle. <laughs> the Jeopardy debacle. Yeah. So brief, briefly, everyone knows what happened. This guy, Mike Richards, who was uh, an executive producer on the, the show Jeopardy, led a search to find someone to host the new show. And lo and behold, the search led to... Mike Richards. <laughs> and it, it was a total disaster. So, Goldie, I know you've been thinking about this a lot. So why don't, why don't you Well, it's talk the a departed, right? Like, yes. they have me launching an investigation. <laughs> I'm supposed to be investigating myself. And yeah. we work in TV. It's not quite the same game shows and comedy, but there is some overlap. And you often see and are the victim of how these decisions are made poorly. And it was... Just interesting to watch this unfold because all they had to do was anything other than what they did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were so many the in the multiverse of things they could have done. Anything Pick would have been better. Any other human being on Earth. <laughs> anyone. And everyone accepts it. Maybe some a little bit begrudgingly. They say they might say, oh, I like Mayim Bialik. Better than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm, I thought LeVar Burton was better than Ken Jennings. Yeah. But that goes away in a yes. week or two. And then right. we all are in the new reality of having a new Je Jeopardy host, which which apparently a Jeopardy host is the most important thing in our society. I didn't realize. <laughs> right. Like. Dominating like, the news cycle. We need to all be focused on exactly not just who's going to be hosting it, but how they're chosen. <laughs> you know, we have... We own Jeopardy! <laughs> yes. It belongs to us, the it's people. In, it, it's in the Constitution. Read it. Have you read it? I have. It guarantees life, li liberty, and the pursuit of Jeopardy. And so part of it for me has been balancing this sort of hysteria, which, you, you know, I, I feel like now people get angry and they deliberately goose their own anger... And it becomes this contest of who can be the most outraged, who can then deploy their weaponized vocabulary and get a pelt on the wall. Yes. Right. And yeah. people want to be the ones who took down the person who said boobies on a podcast <laughs> in 2012 and thought they were going to get away with it. No. Well, they didn't. Well, what happened, JC, was that he—I mean, there—he did some podcasts almost ten years ago where they unearthed some derogatory remarks about women because he was working on the prices right at the time. I think he had some, you know, some not great things to say about some of the spokesmodels and uh, a couple of things about Jews that even I read what they were and they were like not that bad. But okay. anyway. And Once you he, decide you're going to give it to yeah. someone, though, you can take anything and go, yeah. and then they said this, because it's, right. it's clearly he's not was, funny, had yeah, a comedy no. podcast, and was trying to be funny, and then probably in the moment was like, oh, you got pictures of uh, boobies on your phone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Desperately, <laughs> desperately grasping at anything, and in his, like, you know, little pea brain, that all, all it can do is promote himself, he's like, uh... You know, I could be like uh, Dane Cook or Bill Burr if I asked her if she had boobies on her phone right now. That'll that'll give me the breakthrough moment I need on this pod. And then the pod will be so good, they'll say, you should host Jeopardy! Because you're so good on the stupid podcast you have. 
it was just so, all a botched botched snap and it, it, one of the, the categories of people that he offended which of course is somewhat hilarious is the little people so that's always in the in the paragraph oh, wow. about people he shit on it was like no. women jews and little people it's like oh my god this guy's all over the place <laughs> and he also looks like Every picture they use of him, it's the same one. It's that him in a tux. He looks like bulimic James Bond. Like it's just not. <laughs> he, he's not a not a good look for this guy. Well, it's 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 also hilarious that now the name Michael Richards has been disgraced twice. Yes, oh. I got confused by <laughs> that. By the way, oh my God, you, you just absolutely kicked one of my Johnny jokes in the nuts. Oh. <laughs> but that's okay. okay yeah. so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it anyway. But I think we, you know, like we exist in this world of TV, and one one of the sort of cardinal rules is the EP, the executive producer. Yep. We call it an EP. Yeah. Sure, we're in the yeah. now. You're an EP. Yeah, an you, EP. Alex Alkin, are an EP. They, we call it. We call, call you the creepy EP. <laughs> the creepy EP. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> you said it before I could. Well, it. it's my joke, and you tried to steal it. And, and, and again, that's a great example of what the EP cannot do. The EP cannot step on the talent. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, so still with with Jeopardy, this guy. So he shot himself in the foot. He named himself host and then instantly was canceled by the angry mob that demands excellence in jeopardy hosting for this nation right. for a show that you know maybe a hundred thousand people watch a night so he's <laughs> he's he's done he had to step down and right. you had now, some- now he gone! He gone. <laughs> now they've kept him as the executive producer which again we talked about so you, you shouldn't pick themselves although in history there is an example of this conan o'brien was yeah tasked by Lorne Michaels with finding the next host of uh, the show after The Tonight Show. Yeah. And he supposedly, you know, was presented with Jon Stewart and said, I don't know that I can work with him, but hey, here's an idea. What about me? (laughs) But but you would have to categorize that as a success. Right. Yes. So So maybe I'm saying that, that this guy thought, you know, it's been 30 years since anyone pulled this ruse. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it's time to give it a, a try. But what he didn't realize is we live in a time where if you record something and if people don't like you, if everyone liked him, there wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Like you or I could never be appointed host of anything at this point. Certainly really? not me. Maybe oh, you. I don't, know. I don't know that I would allow it to reach that stage for me. Although I will say on, you, my, you, yes. on my last show, I, I double dipped a little bit and I wrote the theme song. What? Well, that's great. That's I so mean, nobody cool. gives a shit about that. Nobody gives a shit if you do that. Right. But I part I was partially in charge of the search for a theme. But I will say the stuff I was presented with, I didn't like, which made me go, I'm hearing a certain thing in my head. Right. And I got to just... And was that, remind me, the theme was, I, 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 <laughs> no. Is that it? No. no. Oh, wait, it wait. Went, it, it went like, down, and 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 down, I love that. That sounds like Fraggle Rock, but that's good. Yeah, it's a, it, was, awesome. it was like a nice, uplifting 12-second piece of music that I wrote. I love uh, it. With the help of a guy named Andy Paley, who does a lot of stuff for SpongeBob. He's great. Oh, love SpongeBob. Well, yeah. you, by the way, you bring that up. Of course, you remember the theme to Dads. 
Daddy took me to the zoo. And oh, so yeah. we had we had um, this guy, his name is Mark Wyke, very nice, talented. He was in a band called The Bogmen, a New York band yeah. back in the 90s. Bass player, like Stu. Cool. And he and the singer from that band came up with this theme that honestly was better than the show itself. It was very <laughs> ethereal and light. And... But we had this writer, Tom Gamble, who hated the theme, like from the minute that he heard it. And he he dubbed the name of the band. He said, who, who sang that? The Four Fruits? And he used to call <laughs> The Four Fruits, which is so funny. So he couldn't host Jeopardy. No, he couldn't host Jeopardy because he said Four Fruits. Right. Not anymore. That's right. yeah. But I, I, I found that hilarious. Um, so anyway, we're at this point where it, Michael Richards, he gone as JC played, uh, <laughs> And 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 it's off. It's really because we all worshipped Alex Trebek, right, Goldie? I I think that obviously, look, this is this is touching a nerve here. Yes. But Alex Trebek, he was around for a long time, so we all got used to it. Yes. Had he left the show under different circumstances, I think people would have just said, "Ah, whoever they put in there, okay." Even if it was Mike Richards, but it was the nature of his public death. And the yeah. way he dealt with it with such dignity, Bravery. I think, then elevated this position of game show host <laughs> to somehow sacrosanct. And people lost sight of the fact that, like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a game show <laughs> right. where someone just reads answers and people say questions. <laughs> and that's it. Like, he was not doing anything other than reading what was in front of him. And then if they got it right, going, yes. <laughs> and if they got it wrong going, I'm afraid not. It's this. And then he would do these 15-second interviews, which were very boring of the yes, contestants. Which famously boring. We made fun of on Family Guy, which he would say something like, you know, uh, you recently had an experience boarding a railway car. <laughs> well, that's that's right, Alex. I was um, at the train station in Saugus, which is outside Boston, and... Uh, one of my bags got on, the other one didn't get off. And so when he said, all aboard, I said, yes, but not my bag. <laughs> and, and you wrote that joke, right? That wasn't the one that was on Family Guy. Right. But it, I mean, that's the nature of the stories. About, it was, it was uh, something it was about always, It always felt like an unclosed <laughs> circle. Like, yeah. you're pushing it. Look, we get the type of people who come on Jeopardy. They all work in insurance. They're boring the They're nerds. the type of people who like name lakes like that's none of it's interesting. <laughs> so and also like I don't care who wins. Yeah, I don't I, get money. And and also the sums of money now, which were big in the 1970s, you go like you've won sixty four hundred dollars <laughs> and seventy six cents. And it's like, OK, <laughs> yeah. But I, I again, when we talk about like the importance of this job. Like, yeah, if you do, are people really are that many people watching Jeopardy and that invested here? Here's when I watch Jeopardy. Um, if I'm hospitalized, (laughs) (laughs) if I'm at a rental house in a rural area where the internet is bad and the cable situation (laughs) is dubious, (laughs) and they have an old TV that is. The wrong aspect ratio, it's 4-3 and not 16-9. I might watch yep. Jeopardy. That tracks. Um, if I'm visiting someone in a nursing home <laughs> and I feel I can't leave yet out of guilt, I will sit with them and watch Jeopardy. When, when would you watch Jeopardy? 
No, that those are all great examples. Jeopardy, and we talked a little bit about this. If you're maybe if you're in a fight with your wife and the TV's just on, and you're not <laughs> instead instead of watching instead of it. watching one of your shows because fuck that, we're not doing that tonight after the fight we just had. You just let it sort of it goes from the local news into Jeopardy, and you quietly sit there. And if somebody calls out an answer, you say, "Yeah, that's obvious." Um, so that's pretty much Jeopardy for me. You've, you've just received some very bad news about a close relative and you're still in shock. <laughs> Jeopardy is a good sort of calming agent. Yeah. When Alex was hosting, that's for sure. Yeah. When I, but now who the hell knows? It's the wild west out there for yeah. Jeopardy hosts. We still don't know who it's going to be. Maybe by the time... You people are hearing this will know who it is, but I, I, my vote is for Ken Jennings. I think that he's the obvious choice, but we'll see. Ken I think, Jennings, but why not just go into a permanent rotation of guest hosts? Because that's annoying. People need continuity in their lives. Um, and Ken Jennings, by the way, was DQ'd, dinged because of something that his podcast partner said many years oh. ago. And wow. I don't remember what it was, but I remember hearing the kerfuffle that it was like, well, we can't hire Ken Jennings because somebody else said something offensive and he wow. was in the room. Well, also, uh, I think he was accused of having problematic tweets, which to me, the word problematic, it just means I don't like it. Yeah, right. it, it doesn't agree. mean there actually is a problem. It just means no. it's editorial. It's like, yeah, yeah, no. And he's he's actually a pretty funny guy on Twitter. So I think so, I, too. I, yeah, I think they came down way too hard on him and that he should be the host. Yeah, All right, anyway. just, just give it to give it to him. Give it to give him. Give it to LeVar, LeVar Give Burton. it to LeVar Burton. We love LEVAR Burton. Give I, it I, to I, Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Give it to anyone did. else. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Anyone else except what you did again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to play football anymore anyway. Let's just give it to him. And he yeah. thinks he thinks he's kind of a funny guy. Um anyway. Uh, we solved it. We solved the Jeopardy problem. <laughs> Anyone but Michael Richards. But now it's time for Johnny Jokes. It's Johnny's! Ooh, little variation. I'm trying to be more professional in everything I do because now that I know they go back into podcasts... <laughs> And nail ya. I want to, when they come back and they get the objectionable parts, I want to go, well, what you missed were some good parts. Like here I did a very professional voiceover. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's going to count for a lot. And I also, have my own clips I'm going to present. And by the way, any of the negative things we say about Jews, we can say that because yes. we are Jews. Unproudly. <laughs> um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. 
How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, here we go. And remember, one of my Johnny jokes has been stepped on, but I'm doing it anyway because I have to. Well, uh, again, these are Johnny Carson style jokes Johnny for people who don't Carson. remember. This is something we do as writers to stay in shape, to keep in fighting trim. That's right. It's our little mini Carson monologue to see if we can do it, which yeah. usually we can't. All right. Uh, oh, here's a kind of a sad story. Last week, a Florida judge ruled that a criminal case can go forward against Scott Peterson, a safety officer at Parkland High School who failed to act when students were in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Experts see the case as a chilling reminder to never name your child Scott Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) And we're off and running. Okay. Uh, Here's a fun fun thing for uh, surfers if you like to hang loose. Uh, HBO. HBO has released a new documentary where surfers seek the ultimate thrill called the 100-foot wave. Mm. Yeah. Sounds pretty rad. Uh, coincidentally, the 100-foot wave is how I say goodbye to Ed after every show. <laughs> were, we were not close, Ed and I. Uh, and here's the story everybody's talking about. Uh, Jeopardy executive Michael Richards has already had to step down as new host and is apologizing for a series of derogatory remarks he made against women, Jews, and little people. Yeah. Experts see the story as a chilling reminder to never name your child Michael Richards. <laughs> Feels very similar to Scott Peterson. Well, it, it was. It was, exa- a, it was a callback. It's uh, called a callback. Like it. Felt well, like a... Because <laughs> you already stepped on it. Felt don't like argue. A, don't felt argue like a, with Johnny in the middle of a monologue. That's felt very like a cognitive error in a nope. part of an overall mental decline. An intentional callback as part of a theme, as we talked about last week, selling your jokes in chunks. Better go see a neurologist. Uh, here we go. Speaking, speaking of better go see a neurologist, President Biden. Oh, boy. President <laughs> President Biden announced last week that he does not recognize the Taliban as the rightful government in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, but in fairness, President Biden sometimes doesn't recognize his own wife. <laughs> Who's that lady? <laughs> and we're moving on to the final joke. It just felt like hitting jokes. a big bump while on a bicycle. <laughs> My schnuts. Okay, here we go. Here's another fun story people are talking about this week. Spencer Eldon, the now 30-year-old man who was the naked baby in a pool Mm. on Nirvana's famous Nevermind album cover, is suing the band. Uh, In a statement, Mr. Eldon said he wants the world to know that it was wrong. He wants the world to know that he's been hurt. But most importantly, he wants the world to know that the pool was very cold. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) All right, second Johnny, take it away. That that was right. Very, very good. Very good, solid work this week. Uh, All right, you're buying it back. Tough week. The the news just gets worse and worse every week. We're we're living in basically the apocalypse. So here, here's my little take on that. All right, a new study says eating one hot dog takes 35 minutes off of your life 
which caused Joey Chestnut to die five years ago. <laughs> you have to know who Joey Chestnut is. Yeah, the famous uh, Nathan's hot dog eating yeah, champion. He, it made him die when that <laughs> Yes, He is very time, much alive. Time-bending humor. All right, here we go. <clears throat> uh, Delta Airlines. Delta Airlines is charging unvaccinated employees an additional $200 a month for health insurance. Hmm. Sounds unfair. But if you pass away from COVID-19, that money will be converted to frequent dire miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I'm a fan of that kind of joke. That's all right. All right, here we go. Joke number three. <clears throat> California is considering paying drug addicts to stay sober. Gee, I wonder what they'll use that money for. <laughs> That was just a jab. <laughs> a little jab. Okay. And here we go. I'm wrapping up already. I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is an in and out job for, for old Johnny number two here. <laughs> Chaos reigned at the website OnlyFans this week, which banned X-rated content, then reversed the decision after a huge public outcry. It was a giant mess the company was forced to clean up with a sock that was lying next to the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yes. I bet you knew which one you were closing with. That's uh, great. Great. Very funny. That was great, Very guys. funny. It was it? funny. Oh, my uh, God. And that, by the way, that was a conscious choice to do the same exact punchline twice with a name. Don't name him this. Don't name him that. Don't, don't tell uh, me that I did that by accident. It wasn't I've, good. I did. I wouldn't argue with you that it was good. After but something I, is coincidentally lined up and I've realized it. It, you know, after it happened, I, I often do that to cover, too. So <laughs> I, I scramble oh. and pretend it was intentional. Josh McDaniels is going to destroy your cover, too. Um, all right. We got through Johnny jokes. Now, uh, this is a perfect theme for this week. I think we, we're, we put it on display. So this week, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, as writers, when you experience uh, what we like to call burnout. And uh, that's not uh, from uh, smoking pot every day for 30 years, or maybe it is, but this is creative burnout. When you feel like you just don't have it today or this week or this month, how do you get through it? Everybody, everybody experiences it. How do you deal with it? How do you keep going? So, Goldie, I know you had uh, some thoughts on this. Well, to me, this is different from writer's block, which writer's block is you feel like, oh, my God, I, I have no ideas. I can't write. I don't know what to write about. I, I, I just can't even picture writing. And this to me is you could write. I have ideas, <laughs> but I just don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it. <laughs> yep. What's the point? Right. So this may be depression. I'm yeah. going through it right now, and it it has all a lot of the same symptoms. I mean, there's a lot of sort of lying face down in a pillow at 11:48 a.m. <laughs> wandering the house aimlessly, eating corn nuts. <laughs> Then feeling bad, I ate corn nuts. <laughs> then sort of looking for other stuff to eat, not liking it. Yeah. I have ideas. I just don't know uh, why I want to start doing them. I don't want to engage in the whole process of creating characters. I don't want to pitch anyone. I don't want to talk to anybody. 
Um, and, and for me, it's, as you get older, it, it just gets harder, not creatively, which I feel like it, it actually gets easier because you know so many tricks that you can get your way through anything on tricks. Yes. As opposed to, uh, you know, when you're younger and, and maybe you don't know just the forms as well. And so every time you're sitting down, you're learning the rudimentary aspects of it. I know right. all that stuff. I got yep. that stuff down and I can bullshit my way through a script with act breaks and turns uh, and act blows and that sort of thing. But I, uh, I don't think say that about your act. Okay. <laughs> but you know, like this is, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do just to get to the point to sit down to, to do this podcast today. Okay. Or to sit down to write. So this is your, your burnout pre podcast and how you plow through it. No, I'm saying this may be why I'm burned out. Like when I, 15 years ago, if I wanted to write, I just had to get up, make myself a coffee and sit down yes. with no regard for anything else in the world. There was no COVID. Maybe a nice bottle or two of wine. Sure. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't own a house. So if California was on fire, I was renting. Yes. It didn't matter. I mean, I wasn't throwing parties at the end of the summer for everyone on the street. But <laughs> I, but now, it, as you get older and you get more experience and, and you accumulate life, like, so here's, if I, if, here's everything I've done before I sit down to do this podcast. So I, I wake up, it's 6.15. I've, I've woken up two or three times throughout the night because either a child or a dog has moved into my bed or out of my bed. Right. So it's six, six fifteen. I get up and I say, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the news on my phone. I, I I take my phone out and then I hear a child and then I'm like, Well, I don't even get that that moment. That's been seized from me. I'm not gonna get the news. So I go, I feed the dog while I make the coffee, and then maybe I look at the news a little bit. Maybe I play one song on guitar. That's that's my my me time for the day. Wait, but nice. don't you, do, does coffee allow you uh, shit time? Like, do you get like a 20 I'm minute? That. I'm okay. getting that. Sorry. <laughs> I may be wired different than you. Do you really think I was going to skip over that? No, I you hope not. I hope not. Because that might be your problem there. So then I got to start the breakfast for the kids, which they, of course, whatever I make, they don't want. Yep. Got to get them their clothes situation settled. They don't want to get in the clothes. They want it to be the weekend. They don't want to go to school because school is masks and all these horrible things now. And then I have to, you know, do this big performance of how not bad it is. Well, in my head, I'm like, this is fucking awful. I wouldn't go to school. And in yeah. fact, I don't I don't respect them for letting me force them to go to school. <laughs> right. They should be fighting harder and convincing me to the point where I allow them to stay home. But they don't do that. So then I'm I'm judging their lack of, of determination. Passion. and will. Yeah. To, to get out of school. So then. I got my coffee. I take the dog out. Mid-walk, I realize I've made a fatal mistake by not doing the bathroom stuff first. But it's <laughs> it's too late at that point. And so I'm watching a dog just doing exactly what I wish I were doing. A fatal mistake. And, and losing my mind. I get home. There's, of course, everyone has questions for me, like uh, I just invaded a country and it's a press conference. And all I want to do is go to the bathroom for what is going to be a white knuckle disaster. 
best case scenario, I'll, I'll only be woozy afterwards, lightheaded. What's the worst case scenario? Death on the toilet? Sometimes there's, there's like leg cramps. Yes. Uh, appendages have fallen asleep. Uh, a, a bizarre pain that you can't pinpoint where it is, but no. it is pain somehow. Yep. How do you not know where it is? It's ghost pain. It's out. It's somehow out two inches outside your body. You're in pain. I have to rally from that to get the sunscreen on, the mask, get the kids to school. And since my kids are five years apart, they don't walk at the same speed. Oh, so that's a bummer. The older one wants to go faster. The younger one is dragging. And so now the older one, I'll sort of let her go ahead. I can keep an eye on her and I'll bike the younger one there. Then at the gates of the school, the younger one will always say, I don't feel well, which she feels fine. But the fact that she's saying this and that other parents can hear this, I'm like, no, no, no. What she means is <laughs> she's fine. She's unhappy because she has to go to school. She's not. She, she has none allergies. of us is sick. We're, yeah. we're totally fine. <laughs> and then I get home and it's like I'm supposed to go. Yeah. All right. So uh, this newsroom sitcom, <laughs> right. uh, the character of Dell. Uh, he's this, a grizzled old timer he's, he's seen... caught in a love triangle with Naj and, and it's like what, why the fuck would I care about any of this yeah well see the funny thing is you're you're very accurately describing a, a certain kind of burnout but I'm not hearing are there solutions <laughs> are you, you, you mean I don't care? That, are, 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 there su- are there suggestions for people who might be listening to have? No, I was wanted to present you <laughs> with this and see what you said because I'm now I'm in the role of the listener where it's I too yes have this I don't know what to do right and I'm throwing it out there to see if maybe we can figure a way out of this <laughs> for me well, and for, them. Well, first of all, you get you have to it, one thing that you can do. I mean, I don't know exactly how to tell you to do this, but you can pr- prioritize your shit. Prioritize the literal, the you taking shit. a shit. Like prioritize that. So coffee, yes, make the kids the food and then say, I have to go do this. <laughs> then once you take a shit and it's satisfying, <laughs> your day is much different. Your day is a lot different if you're not, because I, what you described, I've been through that, needing to take a shit and you're out walking your dog. So you're m- at least five to 10 minutes away from even possibly being able to do that. Then that screws up your window. You know, your like your trajectory of an astronaut re-entering the atmosphere. They have a window that they can come in. So that's the same with shitting. It's like it's a certain narrow window where it's going to be best. Mm-hmm. And I think that you just have to honor that. If you honor your shit window, <laughs> I think your day will be much better. You're that's spoken like someone who only has one child. Yeah, well, that's true. Too. You know nothing. You might as well have zero children. It doesn't count what you're going through. Uh, it's impossible. You, I think you can carve that out. I think you can take a stand. I take a sit. Take a take squat. A... I can't carve anything out. Someone needs something from me at all times. So I'm telling you, if you go into a bathroom with a closed door and then at least get Steph to help you with daddy's daddy's pooping, then maybe maybe it'll change. I don't want to trade the collateral that would take. <laughs> we'll see. You're, God knows you're, what I would have to do. 
you're to make up for that. You're swatting my suggestions away. Um, no. I, beyond that, so far we're not talking about writing at all. Like, I know we're talking about advice shitting. on how to shit. I know. Well, I'm telling you, their hand and their hand but and anus. That isn't the problem to me. I mean, the the, the real problem to me is this. You know, since COVID started and and just. You know, school can be called off and work can be called off and work is now from home. Like, we all know it. It's all bullshit that nothing actually needs to happen anymore or so few things need to happen. Right. That everything is is elective. Right. Yeah. And that what we used to do in eight hours, we now go like, okay, if we can all get together online, we'll take care of this in three. Right. And we don't really actually need to have it because everyone's missing deadlines because of COVID because we can't get this person to line up because they're busy with this. And it just all seems like, why are we doing any of this? Well, do you think maybe... And you go, why, a- why do we need a... No one watches sitcoms anymore, I right? know which it. is what we specialize in. Yes, that's There's true. no market for that. But there is in streaming, you know, because you get the Ted Lassos. I know you have your feelings about that, but... There are other shows that break through on uh, on streaming services that people get into and they binge and they win Emmys and and you know they they're praised and the, these people are given giant deals. But here's when the do thing those we, people shit? Uh, well, I'm sure when they want to. You think Ryan Murphy isn't taking a shit when he wants to? Uh, when's Liz Merriweather uh, shitting? <laughs> let's find out. We'll find out next we'll time. Her on. But here's the bigger point that you brought up because you mentioned COVID. And it could just be that all of this is a symptom, no no pun intended, or pun intended probably (laughs) because it's me, uh, of COVID. You know, there's a malaise, as Jimmy Carter said, uh, on our nation and the world. And so why would you be gung-ho about my newsroom script with Dell and Taj, you know, like why, why would you care about that? Because we're in the middle of this pandemic that's affecting every moment of our lives in some way. So it's hard to get that passionate about, you know, this, I've got an idea for a six part, you know, limited series for uh, crackle, you know, right. it's, it, it's not, it's not really going to be firing you up the way, as you said, 10, 15 years ago, and there are still basically three slash five networks to to work with where you think like, okay, I have an in at this network and this show is a show idea making history that I'm passionate about. It's about, you know, where I grew up. It's time travel. It's cool. Like you were you were probably very excited to do that. I yeah. think that when I'll, I'll say knocking on wood, when this pandemic is over, as Vince Carter would say, <laughs> over, like I think you may find that you have a different attitude towards towards writing. You you might not, like maybe not right away, but I think you'll have more time to think about things like that when you're not constantly thinking about putting your kid in a mask and making sure they get to school and them not saying that they feel sick at the gates. You know, it's there, there's so many little hassles now that I'm sure by the time you're finished with that, and it's probably only 9.30 in the morning when you're getting oh, back Oh, no, home, it's like 8.00. Yeah, so then you wow. feel like my day's over. I'm spent. Like yes. it's, it already sucks, and now I have to go do this podcast where I have to <laughs> wrestle together like four Johnny jokes and like stand out there naked with these things. Like I, I get it. Like there's a lot going on, but I would say, well, first of all, let me say, as I always do, that you are a fantastic writer, incredibly funny, hilarious. Like you have a gift. And I think that as as annoying as it seems right now, 
you'll get back to it. Like you, you, there'll be something within the next five years. And maybe you're working at Family Guy for the next five years. I hope so. Sure. Like, and, well, and I mean, that's the thing is if you're always doing this, even when you have a job, supposedly, you're supposed to look for your next job as your career is advancing. Every job I had, I was always working on other things with the idea being that, you know, you leverage the position you have at this first place and hopefully people like you and say good things about you. And then, you know, maybe the network your show is on is learns your name because they see your name on a script and they like that episode and they say, oh, we would like to hear ideas from that person. You can go in and then pitch them your own thing. And then simultaneously, uh, you could be writing on a show developing a script, developing an idea, right? And then then if they say, we want to do your idea, you kind of bridge off that show and you're now on your own thing. And then even while you're doing that thing, you start thinking, well, if this goes, then I will supervise other people's things, meaning they have their show ideas, I can put my name on it, I can help them out, and that's another source of income, another source of advancement. Now I'm empire building like Greg Berlanti, right? I'm on my way or a lot right. of these directors. And you're, you're supposed to do that we've both sort of gone through that path but then <laughs> as you approach 50 you get spit out the other end and you have a job on a show and you're going why the fuck would i write another script i have a job <laughs> right i it's, know i like having this job it's uh, fine why am i trying to do this other thing that causes so much stress and is worse and and but, every day the prognosis of it gets uh gets worse and worse for for what success would be. I, I Listening to you there, I got it. You have to allow yourself to feel that way and be okay with it. Like, be okay with, I'm just in this job, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in this job. I like this job. I'm just going to allow myself to do this job, and then if something inspires me down the road, it inspires me down the road. I'm not going to get too worked up about not doing the things I felt like I needed to do a decade ago because I'm a different person now. So yeah, I think I think, I think that what writers maybe the larger lesson is that writers need to be attuned to the fact that your your RPM, your rev meter gets set so high at the beginning because you're struggling so much and you need to have so many irons and so many fires that when you actually start having what is success, it can still feel like your brain is at that rev that high yeah. rev level yeah. yeah, and that you need to make a conscious decision to set it back and say, Hey, I have some security reptile monkey brain. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to run out of bananas right now. You, you don't need to kill that other monkey that is looking at your bananas. There's enough bananas for both of you. You can relax for two seconds and, yeah. you know, just sit under yeah. this shady tree. And so I guess right. that's, you know, what I'm trying to learn to do, but I, it, it just seems, you it's know, as someone who's, it, you know, people yeah. always say, well, what are you working on now? They always have that now. I know. What I are you know. working on now? Well, I have it's this annoying. job. And your manager, your agent, oh, what do you, you want to do? Well, it's like, what do I want to do? I want to uh, be a gajillionaire and be done. That's what I want <laughs> to do. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that, what are you working on now? That happens a lot where... If I talk to people and they you say, oh, you, you you know, you write for Family Guy and they say like and I'll say, oh, and I'm doing this this podcast and, and like I'm actually working on this this movie script. 
And then they say, like, do you have any other projects coming up? I'm like, I just fucking told you three things. What <laughs> yeah. the fuck are you doing? Like, shut like, up. No That's one's enough. telling a doctor. Like, you, you say, well, I'm uh, working at the hospital. Yeah. And then I'm with my family. It's like, well, are, are, is there any other inf- infectious disease you're investigating? Or? Yeah, I know. It's like, leave me alone. Yeah, that you're uh, always expected to just keep doing the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And in an, in an era in which TV is less important by the day like yeah short yep. form video is so important that our kids rarely watch a narrative and they're gonna grow up not seeking it out i feel like and yeah. that that would be the future market for the thing that is wow. you know yeah. we're making cannonballs in 1948 <laughs> you love saying that um yeah, so I, it's funny, when you brought up this theme, I had a different idea of what you were going to be talking about. So I was thinking of like day-to-day burnout, like if you're in the Family Guy writer's room and you're feeling like, oh no, I can't pitch a joke today, or I can't pitch a joke this week, I'm not funny this week. So my advice in those situations, and it's something I fall back on a lot, which is think about things that make you laugh and think about a way to incorporate that into what you're doing. It's basically like be derivative a little bit. It's like if you're finding yourself like in a, in a hole from like pitching, you know, the greatest jokes ever, Goldie, I don't think you were there, but I love the uh, Robert Redford gif. gif (laughs) He does. He really does. uh, You know, from Jeremiah Johnson, where he's turning around and nodding up Uh in the mountain stream. So I had, I, I was obsessed with getting Peter in that, like having Peter be the guy who turns around, Peter Griffin and nodding. And we do actually have that in the show a couple of times coming up. But I, there was there were three separate rooms of people that each worked for a week to try to turn that gif with Peter into an act of like the, the Griffins living in Alaska, basically. And they could not do it. And it was like I kept sending them out on this fool's errand to try and get it done. And Rich never, to his credit, never believed in it. You know, he didn't think it was a good idea. And he was right because nobody could ever get it done. But I remember thinking like, this is something that makes me laugh hysterically. How can we put this to, to, to work for our show? And I think that even if you're, you know, you don't have to be a showrunner, you can be a staff writer. And you think about something like, oh, I saw this video on Instagram or TikTok that made me laugh hysterically. Like maybe we have our characters do some right. some version of that, some family guy way to to get that across. See, had I known you thought that was the topic, my take on that would have been, yeah. oh, you're in the wrong line of work. You should quit. <laughs> Because if you can't do the job, like, that's insane. No, but you know the feeling of feeling like you're not funny today. You know yeah, what I'm then like you meet you, other writers and you go, fuck, I'm funnier than that. But, but you're holding yourself to your own standard. I, obviously, we right. know that. Sometimes different writers are, are at different levels and you feel like I'm always funnier than that guy. Yeah, go read a spec script. I know. <laughs> yes, that'll make you feel better. But anyway... We spent a long time on that. Do we even want to go to the Twitter questions on this? Or I feel like we're running. We were trying to hustle through this thing today, and now we're right. like way long. That's um, so let's let's go straight to this. Will be fun. This was a, a fun category for me. Um, our top five this week. Top five is top five Madonna songs. We're going against type here. Whew, um, and this was tough. 
Yeah, it takes we I mean, we all grew, we all grew up in the era where Madonna was huge. Yes. G- just absolutely a giant icon. We we love her, we respect her as a pop star. Pop so star. these are our top 5 Madonna songs. Now does anyone want to go first or I'm I'm happy to go first. I feel okay. like I I feel like I just want to preface this by saying I feel like a lot of her most well-known songs are not her best songs. So I'm hoping that there are some deeper cuts that match mine, but well, I wonder we'll or see. will my list be controversial? I don't know. I hope I it think is. I would not I would never say that mine are deep cuts, but I would say that I don't think, you know, that Well, let's hear it. Let's our, our maybe list the is best not, ways to jump in. Okay. So here we go. Number five in my top five Madonna songs, if it's okay, JC, if I start at number five. <laughs> number five is Lucky Star. It was the first okay. Madonna okay. song that anyone ever knew, and you could tell right away. It had that great early 80s synth sound that yes. uh, it, it gives it a little more street cred. Loved that song. Yes, Great that little song synth intro, too. Number four, which I find... One of her most danceable songs. If you ever put this song on around me, you're gonna see you're gonna see me moving. This uh, "Into the Groove." Okay. Love, yeah. Nice. Love "Into the Groove," um, and it, I believe that was in "Desperately Vision? Seeking Su- oh, yeah. Vision Quest" or "Desperately no, Seeking right. Susan." One of the, One the, of the two. Yeah. Anyway, number three, and this was also from a movie that was not very good, but this song. Oh, it just you- it went right to my soul. Live to Tell. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Love <laughs> that song. Yes. Um, just a really, a man can tell a thousand lies. I've learned my lesson well. <laughs> really good. And number two, which I think is kind of of a piece with number five, because it was also like one of the first songs we knew from her, but I love it. Borderline. Awesome. Borderline. Yes. Borderline to... was borderline for me. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting to say that. I could see your face. <laughs> borderline again has a great uh, synthesizer or like electric keyboard open. Beautiful. Yes. Number one for me. Not even close. This song again. You want to see me dance? Put on this song. <laughs> oh my God! It's giving me it's giving me goosebumps just talking about it. Yeah, um, I got goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> thank you, Dan- <laughs> thank you, Danny Smith. Uh, number one, far and away the best for me. Like a prayer. Oh <laughs> wow. my God! Like a prayer. First of all, it, never hotter was she than in that video. <laughs> oh, she popped on a brunette wig. Oh, she's she zigged when everyone thought she was gonna zag. And that video is great. I can still picture her dancing like yes, every move of her body. By the way, we, we get song. it. You like being blown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> I don't understand the, that. The whole song is about that. About being like a prayer? Oh On your God. knees and all this. <laughs> I love oh, this. Oh, jeez. I, like, never, I never once <gasps> thought of that. Really? Never once thought of that. Never once. I, t- I took it religiously. Oh, I if took you look at the lyrics, do we have the lyrics in front of us? Wow. I, I know all the lyrics. Life is a mystery. Oh, there. Yeah, there's blowjob. Everyone must stand alone. <laughs> I hear you call my voice and it feels like home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's getting ready for a hummer right there. <laughs> when you call my name, it's like a, it's little, like a prayer. little prayer. It's like a little prayer. I'm down, I'm down on my on knees. My knees. I, I can take, take you there. there. Yeah, that's all right. In the midnight, in the midnight hour, I can feel your power. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now you're starting to make too much sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway. I always thought that's that was the undercurrent. 
Well, it probably now, was. now I think Likely. that too. But yeah. you know what? It's not going to ruin my enjoyment of that song. And no, it I makes could, it better. Yeah, I could, if anything, I could yeah. never tell. I could never tell what she was saying there in the middle for years. I always thought she was saying something that didn't make sense. Laugh a quasi, but it's let the choir sing. Oh, let I never knew what the choir sing. I'm I always like laugh across me. What is she saying? <laughs> let the choir sing. And then you put a you put a black choir in a song instantly raises the Especially level the of 80s. that song. Especially oh, in the eighties. Absolutely. Anyway, that's my list. Love Great Madonna. List. Thank Great you, list. Madonna. Good list. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good All right. List. You had a good uh, list. Let's let Goldie go last because he's clearly got a thing about this one. Okay. <laughs> my number five was also this was a borderline between borderline and lucky star, and I chose borderline. I love that song. For my, um, I created a playlist of all of the songs and listened because I felt this was an important list. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, no, it um, is. They're all important, but yes. Number four, Everybody. Everybody, oh. which was her Ooh. first single. Everybody. Exactly. Came out, <laughs> what, 1982 or something? So yeah. I love that song. Love it, love it. Number three, Burn It Up. It's got oh. Paul Pesco on guitar. I'm it is Sargid. Yes. Wow. Sargid. These are a little deep for me. Yeah, these are oh, deep cuts. I, well, yeah. But, okay. I li- but I like that song. The, the next two are not so deep. Um, yeah. Number two, Vogue. Oh, for I love, me, love it. I is Sargid. <laughs> is, is he starting to Vogue? <laughs> <laughs> And number one, like a prayer. Ah, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Already the winner in the clubhouse. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I, there's some overlap, not completely, and then a then a stunner in number one. Oh, I love that. Okay, love being so here stunned. We go. Uh, number five, live to tell. Oh, awesome. Great. Awesome. Chilling. Great. Chilling. Beat out borderline. Number oh. four. No one had this. Crazy for you. Yeah. That's a nice song. Imagine someone saying this about you. Yeah. Mm. I used to dream of that as a kid, being like, oh. Swaying room as the (laughs) Number three, like a prayer. I like being blown busted. (laughs) (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Number three, I respect it. Uh, Number two, Vogue. I I agree with JC. And and part of the reason is because I have a, a version of this song. That I sing about my dog Lloyd, <laughs> and in a lot of cases, the word Lloyd replaces the word Vogue. Yeah, yeah well, That's they kind of rhyme. And, I, and then there's a part where I go Greta Garbo, Anne Monroe, Dietrich, and Lloyd. <laughs> Lloyd, Jimmy Dean on the cover of Lloyd magazine. You Lloyd has that. style. Lloyd has grace. Tiny Lloyd gives good face. Don't just stand there. This. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. Lloyd. 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 <laughs> Lloyd. That is so Lloyd. good. Lloyd. 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 <laughs> I may spend seven hours a day doing I this to my dog. Yes. I love that. You need to make a video. So that's oh. number that's number two. But number one, and I think this is the greatest Madonna song, and you want to see me dance. Oh. You put this thing on. I'm flying in like a ray of light. Oh, we talked about that we before did. you got on. I feel like I a weightless molecule when they put that on. 
<laughs> that was originally on my list. I took it off last minute. 300 feet up, 300 I, I'm feet the, I'm the guy in front of the car dealership or car wash, the inflatable man. <laughs> Wacky yeah. waving inflatable yeah. arm too, man. Uh, I love it. What, oh, a, what a great, what a great oeuvre she has. Yeah, yeah. for real. No, and, and we, Terrific artist. None of this, obviously, none of this is shitting on Madonna. We love her. No. So, oh, my God. And yeah. so much yeah. staying power and... and you know, at the time, I think her music was viewed as sort of light and fanciful and would not have staying power. And, you know, at that time, there was a, a hard rock versus soft rock rivalry that you had to come down on one side. So if you like Madonna and Michael Jackson, yeah, it was yeah. like, that's stupid. Def yeah. Leppard is awesome. As though <laughs> you can't, like, like both. Both. the mind can't encompass both of those <laughs> options. Yeah, she was great. And I remember going to see that uh, Truth or Dare documentary, which is fantastic, by yeah. the way. came yeah. out in, like, 91. Um, is that Justify it, My Love? Is that the song that came out for that? I, I think there was a song that she wrote just for one maybe. of those. Yeah, it was great, because it followed her on a tour, and, like, all the controversy of her performing Like a Virgin, which she did on stage, where she's yes. kind of, like, humping a bed, and, like... Yes. People were threatening to arrest her yes. on stage, and they were doing it anyway. It was—it's a great documentary. But I remember seeing it first of all with my male friends. So that's oh, like cool. speaks to already like Madonna, how yeah. what a, what a reach she had that like a group of guys would say like we're gonna go see this Madonna documentary, <laughs> and we were walking out and have I remember we were having an honest discussion of like what would have more impact if 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 either of these people were shot today, would it be Michael Jordan? Madonna or the president at the time, who was George Bush the elder, like what would have more of an impact on the world? Like that's how huge wow. she was. And we couldn't come up with an answer. Yeah. Sounds like was... four psychos went to see a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we were planning the... it out. I, well, I, I, it was interesting. And to me, uh, we sort of proved my original point, which was that none of us chose material girl. None of us chose like a virgin. Right. And that those right. live so on important. as... as bigger and better maybe than the actual song is yeah. right like They're you important. listen to material girl and it's uh, yeah, it's not it's a, a little, fun listen really i get cringy. culturally it yes. said something about the go-go 80s and wall street and coke right. and all this stuff yeah. but it, it it's not a great song no. really it has that annoying noise yeah <laughs> one song that was borderline for my list was uh Open your heart. Oh, I like yeah. open oh, your yeah. heart. So open. Good. In the yeah. video, there were yes. a lot of this going on. Um, not that anyone could In see Truth that. Truth or Dare, is that the one where she was dating um, Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty. And she says, Warren, get over yes. here. Yes, um, that was great. Warren Beatty came off so great in that. He was so like, you could tell he just wanted to have sex with Madonna. Like he didn't want any of the other night. Because Madonna, and refreshingly, just came off like a, like a, a woman, like a girl, you know, like a, a every like in yeah. a in a relationship, she seemed needy and was wondered where he was and <laughs> right. wondered if he was coming to the show. That's a good and point. he was like, you know, he's significantly older and it sort of like banged every. You get over here, or I'm gonna date Jose Canseco. <laughs> I know, she and that's, him? yes, she did. Whoa. Yeah, she famously, did. yeah, that was the J Lo A Rod of that time. Oh, right, I know. Um, but Beatty came off so great in that documentary where he famously said at one point in the background, he's like, well, why, you know, why would you exist if it wasn't on camera? Why do anything if it's not going to be on camera? <laughs> like when he was told the cameras would be there. <laughs> right. um, but anyway, 
Good for Madonna. Yeah. Thank you for all the dancing and fun times. And that was a fun uh, top five list. And now yeah. we are going to get to the the last, a new segment on the show. And this was Goldie's suggestion, and I think it's a great one. Um, we are going to end talking about some some good news this week that uh, maybe each of us had or each of us saw so we can end on a, a positive And we call this segment High Note. <laughs> and that is our friend writer Tom Gamble, an elderly us, angel, elderly angel, helping us out with high note. Thank you, Tom. That is perfect. We love it. Can't wait to hear it every week. So, um, let me start with a high note. It was. It's. I'll make it brief. My, my very nice thing this week is that my daughter Levy, who is now almost six, she'll be six in October. Um, she just got really into suddenly and seemingly out of nowhere, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, she cool. saw me watching it. She knows it's my favorite movie because I've told her that. And so now several times this week when she's come home and I'm done with work, she'll say, she'll say, daddy, can we watch Raiders, please? Can we watch Raiders? Yeah. I want to watch Raiders. <laughs> she loves indie so I'm, I, I, it just gives me such joy. And it's funny because I know, Goldie, you were kind of late to Raiders of the Lost Ark famously and haven't seen it maybe as many times, maybe only once. But um, I love it. I've seen it a million times. And if you remember Raiders, there are a couple of pretty gnarly moments yeah, in there for scary. a five, six-year-old kid. Yeah. Like they're kind of gruesome. At the end of the movie, people's faces are melting off. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, but with kids, when you watch a movie with them, you often get through like a half hour or 45 minutes and then they're kind of on to something else. And so you can keep kind of rewatching the same parts that they like and, and you watch yeah. it over and over. But one day she was in it for the route. She was going to stay there and wanted very much to see all the way through to the end. And this part's coming and, I, and I'm aware of it. Like, oh my God, all their faces are going to melt off. Like, can I, is tall around? Kind of, what am I, what is, what's my responsibility here? So finally we get to that part and, you know, I'm kind of giving her a little narration the whole way. I'm like, oh, the arc is so powerful. Look, it has all these magic powers and ooh, look at what it's doing. And, and then we get to the part, all their faces melt off and I'm looking over out of the corner of my eye at her and she just goes ha 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 <laughs> she just laughed <laughs> so I was like so excited about that oh so God. that was that was my high note this week was, so was her enjoyment of Raiders of the Lost Ark I'm going to show that to my kids Aww. yeah you should awesome. yeah. Uh, JC did you have anything uh, nice did. this week I did um, so gosh I might cry <laughs> Oh, please, <laughs> please do. Cry, cry, cry. Oh, she's going to cry. Um, <laughs> um, so mothers and daughters have very complicated relationships, as you know. Yes. And my mother and my sister haven't talked in years. Right. And this week, yesterday, I think, they, my parents went to Hawaii and they had dinner and they are like posting photos and they're talking and Aww. it's just been something yeah. I've been wanting for, for years. So I'm oh, very, it's very happy about that. Plotting how great. to exclude you now. You're next being excluded for a decade. We didn't um, talk because JC said you didn't want us to. <laughs> what kind of shell game are you running? Um, that's no, that's very that's nice, great. JC. We'll, we'll probably have to cut that for time. But Goldie, go ahead with your nice thing. <laughs> so uh, I've 
you know, as I'm, I'm, I'm 48, 50s on the horizon, and I, I decided I, I really want to make a run at surfing this year. I, I want to actually awesome. be able to, to go down to the beach and, and make it happen. But ridiculously, I got a shorter board, which it's much easier to surf a longer board, but I just really wanted to surf this shorter board. So I, yeah. I went to the beach three times last week. Oh, and yeah. uh, I got in the waves with my shorter board, and I got up on the shorter board. What? Three, nice. three or four great. times. Not These were not epic rides, but I was able to do something that I never thought I'd be able to do. I don't know if I'll continue to improve. But, no, um, you know, I set I myself sort of an undoable goal. That's I, great. I got, I, got know, like a little taste. I got a taste. That's my dad awesome. learned how to surf, I think, in his 60s. So, I mean, wow. I think, yeah, do it. It can be done. Yeah. And Goldie, that sets up the uh, HBO documentary One Foot Wave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm searching <laughs> for it. I'm searching for that perfect one foot wave, I've, man. I'm, Is someone going out with you or are you just doing this all on your own? I'm doing it on my own. Uh, so you know, cool. none of my friends want to meet me there. Now we're off the high note part of it. Where one, <laughs> one wanted to do it with me, no, no, no. In, in spite it. of Let's the several calls I planned out, and that was sort of depressing to get to the beach by myself after realizing my friends wouldn't hang out with me. I yeah, maybe well, they're scary. I guarantee if I was there, I would also not go. But you I wouldn't can. ask me because you know I would never do that. That's right. Um, but that's awesome, Goldie and JC. That's, that's really actually very touching. I'm happy for your mother and your sister and me your too. family unit. Thank you. So now yes. maybe you can do stuff together. Yes, please. Together. Well, um, having well, hit the high point, nowhere to go but down. What a <laughs> week, everyone. <laughs> uh, Goldie, that's a great suggestion for a new, cat- uh, yeah, new segment. It. So I'll be loving that each week. Um, well, thank you. We made it through another show. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, too, for being awesome and open. You and uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>